And we're on. Alrighty. How are we, guys? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, good, good. Well, look, uh, obviously we're um, we're podcasting in separate locations, not because of the coronavirus, but just because we don't have a choice. Um, but uh, but do you guys staying home and uh, keeping warm? You, you keeping all right? Yeah. I'm going away on a work trip tomorrow to a place that's just been identified with a bit of COVID-19, so that should be a thrill. Um, but that's my mate, mate, Just wear your giant respirator, mate. Look like you're in uh, the Book of Eli and you'll be fine. Yeah, Mop 4, mate. Yeah, that's it. End of days, you'll be fine. <laughs> but, uh, Coots, how about um, down there in uh, rural South Australia? Is there any chance of uh, copping the um, COVID-19 where you are? Well, you wouldn't believe it. In the middle of nowhere, where you think the risk is fairly minimal, we had three people in Roxby, about 45 minutes up the road, uh, go for testing for no, no idea what the result is now because, of course, everyone goes into darkness over the long over the weekend. So hopefully by Monday we'll find out if they actually tested positive or not. But even in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, we still we're still copping it. <laughs> well, that's, that's it's pretty it's pretty insane. I mean, like everyone seems to be copping it. I mean, that's obviously one of the things we'll, we'll cover today is just go over all the sports that are most affected by all the shutdowns. There's quite a few. The ones that we're actually going to be chatting about this week. I know. Uh, Cootsie, he's, um, he was wanting to have a big, uh, big chat about the F1, but that one's been, uh, obviously had a bit of, bit of news with that. Um, hopefully the AFL, um, isn't too, uh, too, too affected, but the NRL, as Bondi knows, he was there. You, you were at the game, weren't you, mate, last night? Oh, for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> I left it was, it was too, de- too depressing, mate. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, mate. No, I don't blame you, mate. I feel like we should have a rant about it. It's uh, it, it was pretty, it was pretty awful to watch. I mean, I know even with that last try disallowed, we were still going to lose. Mm. It was, um, it was yeah. Pretty, well, that's what pretty... happens when you able. That's what happens when you only pay 50, 55 minutes of an eighty-minute game. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much it, mate. Yeah, we just had a talk <laughs> after after, after half time, mate, where we just decided, no, 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 we'll just we'll just chill out for a while. Yeah, that's right. That's Twenty-five the minutes ago, they were all leaning over, getting their breath in, and I'm like, "You sad sacks." Anyway, <laughs> no, it, it's uh, it does hurt a bit when you're uh, when you're watching the Cowboys play, and particularly because the Cowboys Broncos games are always just so competitive. And this game, like, it was competitive up to half time, and then it just, yeah, it was just nothing from there basically. Anyway, so that's all right. Um, but look, we'll, we'll have a look into into the rest of the sports. Um, but AFL, we'll, get, we'll just have uh, Cootsie Sermon um, on the AFL. Um, he's, he's a massive fanatic, so he'll uh, he'll be the guy. But uh, Bondi, you and I might just get the our storylines out of the way and uh, let Cootsie take the rest. Um, but um, but then also, but the big things we want to talk about, of course, is uh, the worst contracts in sport. That's what we were having a chat a bit about last week. Um, we just, and that's actually one that Bondi uh, brought up uh, earlier today with the Cowboys. Um, there's a couple on there that might need some reworking. Um, <laughs> but we'll obviously talk about the uh, wanker of the week and the uh, obscure sport from Bondi, and then we'll finish up with how we would improve our favourite sports. But um, all right, so why don't we kick off and have a look? Um, I reckon we start off with the worst contracts in sport. So what do you reckon, Kuzi? What who, you, who was your pick for the worst contract in sport? Uh, I picked this for two reasons. One, because it's Collingwood and I knew you'd hate it. Yeah, fair and, enough, fair enough. And two, because I have a fundamental difference between the role of the Ruckman in modern AFL football. So my my worst contract in sports right now goes to the go, goes to Collingwood in signing Brody Grundy for... And because we don't have the exact figures, because AFL don't have the same... Um, 
whatever that most sports do where they don't actually make public the exact dollar figure. But it looks like Brody Grundy is on a seven-year, at least $1 million per year for this contract. Mm-hmm. Now, now the reason why this, this irks me just ever so slightly is because if you look at Brody Grundy's game statistically and you look at, okay, so last year he averaged 21 disposals a game, most of those handballs. So you go, what does he do apart from being a ruckman? He gets probably below average in terms of possession. So when the ball hits the ground, he's not really doing that much more other than the tough ruckman job. Does it, how many marks a game does he get? About four. Again, most key forwards <laughs> get more than that. So he's not going, he's not pushing forward and taking big marks. He's also averaging 0.0 or 0.3 goals per game as well. So all these stats are based on per game. So when he's not going forward to not take big marks to not eventually kick goals. So we know he's not doing that as well. Um, is he laying pressure when the ball hits the ground? when the odd tap doesn't go down the throat or whoever he's directing it to, not much. About four tackles a game as well. So, again, less than average of any other modern-day footballer. But the only real statistic that he does excel in is hit-outs, of which he is not, doesn't have the highest hit-outs per game. He's actually second to a Gold Coast Ruckman, who I guarantee you they will not be paying $7 million to. So... What does this what does this all mean if you look at the grand scheme thing? So <clears throat> I did a little statistical analysis here just to put some of this into perspective. So of the oh, average disposal yeah. of the average disposals he got last year per game, the full back yep. from West from the full back from West Coast Eagles, Shannon Hurd, averaged more disposals per game than Grundy. Wow. That's pretty that's a crazy stat. <laughs> That I thought that summed it up the best, like, cause, and, and it's not so much that you were being having a stick at Collingwood. It was that you, you're going to make Grundy the highest paid ruckman in football by far, leaps and bounds, I imagine. It, there's, there's midfielders that don't even earn this amount of coin, uh, and really good ones at that. So it's less at Brody Grundy, but more at Collingwood. If you look at this, you go, Brody Grundy, well done, you're amazing. You've absolutely maxed out your dollar value. And Collingwood and, uh, are definitely going to pay you whatever you ask for. But my biggest argument is that Ruckman have to do more than just tap the ball 40-odd times a game. Mm. And yeah, and, and I mean, that's, 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 that's true. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a fair point. I, I see where you're going with that. I mean, statistically speaking, you're right. Um, I mean, he, the, the, the thing I thought was having a seven year contract for anybody of anything doing any game at all is just ludicrous. Um, I mean, I know what they're trying to do. I know the idea behind it because there was also Dugowie and a couple of others that they're looking to lock up long term. Um, in context, it kind of makes sense, um, to have a long term contract but not necessarily for the amount of money he was getting paid. Because I remember, um, I mean, like Travis Cloak, for example, he was probably one of the best contested marks. He couldn't kick straight to save himself, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a banana, but he could take a contested mark like no one else, which is unfortunately what Brody Grundy is not bad at, but statistically speaking, he's not doing that crash hot. So I, I actually, like, while... I hate you for bringing up Collingwood, um, but 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 uh, but I don't disagree with that because I thought the contract myself was um, like creating a nucleus of players over you know five to seven years is a great idea. The amount of money is just ridiculous. 
I, I think it's it, it's kind of gone down the NFL way where you know the cap's going to increase every year, so you're kind of projecting for that to happen. He's 25 now, Brody Grundy. He'll be mm. hopefully by the time the AFL season starts, he turns um, 26 in April. So hopefully we're underway by then. You're locking him up for seven years, which makes him going to be a 32-year-old ruckman still on a million dollars, hopefully. Um, so that's that's a big-term commitment for someone. And, and you know, power to him. He's a, a good athlete in terms of a ruckman. Um, Collingwood don't really use any other ruckman. He's kind of that lock-in, um, play the whole whole length of the game. There's no issue whatsoever, but... I'm like, if you're going to give the dude a million dollars a game, he's got to do more than just tap the ball 48 times a game. No, you're right, you're right. I mean, we, we did get that young Ruckman um, to come in to compete with him, but I use the word compete with inverted commas. Um, it, it's just uh, it, it's just not really that much of a competition, but that's a fair point. But, uh, now, Bondi, I, I have an inkling as to where your worst contract might be going, but we'll see what you what you come up with. What, what, was, what did you think in your sports? What was, your, was the worst contract going? Yeah, mate. So mine is by no means as comprehensive uh, and stats filled as Cootie's. However, this one is means a lot to me. So Jared Hayne is easily my pick signed to the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> is an absolute toss pot at the best of days. Um, comes back from NFL. Titans sign him to $1.2 million over two seasons, or per season for two seasons. And he costs them the qualifying game uh, against the Broncos uh, for the final series, which would have been the first final series the Titans made, by just being real average at life. Um, so... I had hopes. I I didn't expect much, but I I expected more than that. Um, but yeah, the biggest contract per year um, when he came back from NFL, and uh, yeah, basically blew out the salary cap for the Titans um, and blew at least their short to medium term prospects as far as getting any players and any reasonable side assembled. So um, I blame Jared for all of that. Hey man, that's that's fair enough, you know, and, and that's that's the thing. Jared Hayne also he backflipped so many times. He had a crack at the NFL and just kept getting himself into trouble. And uh, he he is definitely a giant muppet. Um, but uh, honestly, I thought you were going to say Valentine Holmes, but, but uh, he's uh, the new fullback for the Cowboys. Um, and Fondo uh, had a giant rant about him last night, uh, and just uh, just talking about how he's just overpaid and not that good. Well, yeah, I. Blame him off the bench is where I'm going with Valentine Holmes. Give him the first five or six games off the bench. Um, get him some get games. Get game fitness back. Yeah, and then put him back in. Probably not to full back. I'd put him in the centres, I reckon, um, and make use of a, an old head in that uh, that aspect. But, um, yeah, I, I rate him uh, and his return to NRL a lot higher than old uh, Jared Hayne. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, for for me, mate, I, I picked. I've actually got a bonus one in here too, purely because it's just fantastic. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But the further, but the one that I've got that's current is probably John Wall. Now, John Wall, he um, he plays, and I say that with again inverted commas, 
for the Washington uh, for Washington because basically what he does is that he gets paid an absolute truckload of money to be injured all the time. So it's it's good. And the thing with NBA contracts is that uh, they are pretty much they're on being pretty much guaranteed. So I mean, he, he is, don't get me wrong. John Wall is a very very good player. Like he knows what he's doing. Um, he averages about he averages a double double, like twenty twenty points and ten assists a game, or something something like that. Very very close to that. Um, but basically, his contract is one hundred and sixty nine point three million dollars, and that's through to twenty twenty three. Now, that's if you do the math, that uh, works out to be fifty three million dollars a year. That that's an insane amount of money. But at the moment, he uh, he basically inked the deal right, um, and, and he did ink the deal in twenty seventeen. But he since appeared in just 73 games, and that's and every season is 80, 82 games, I believe. So he's had 73 games since then, and is now recovering from heel and Achilles surgery. So like the, I feel, and obviously having that much money, the salary cap wrapped up in one guy, Washington is basically just waiting for him to either die or retire, um, because he's just just soaking up so much money, and I feel terrible for Washington. Because um, they, they, you know, obviously had Michael Jordan come back and play for him for a bit. But, yeah, I mean, the NBA, I, I mean, I could have picked any number of, like, 500 contracts in, in Major League Baseball, but I thought I'd take a stab with the NBA there. But, <laughs> but no, but look, that, so that's John Wall. But, look, my, my favourite, though, I, I don't know if you guys have ever, ever heard of it, um, but it, it's fantastic. It's called Bobby Vanilla Day. You guys, you guys know that one? No, mate. So, no. so with, with Bobby Vanilla, this is, this is fantastic, right? So... With with um with the way his contract worked, so he played over in um in New York. Now basically, he has a contract through till twenty thirty five, right? Now that's fifteen years away. But the beautiful thing with Bobby Benilla, so the way this works, so July first, right? There, the reason that's important is because NBA free agency starts, right? But what they call it is Bobby Benilla Day. Now with this one, every year. From 2011 through to 2035, he used to play for the Mets, and he was an outfielder. He received a deferred payment of just short of $1.2 million every year on that day. Now, the agreement, it's a result of New York releasing him. Now, to get this, before the 2000 season, so 20 years ago, so just before the 2000 season, and turning the remaining $5.9 million into $30 million. So basically... Uh, like 20 years ago, it's it's all bananas, but he's basically just getting paid. Um, he's now currently uh, the 20th highest paid player on the payroll in 2019, and he was released before 2000. <laughs> and and they have to pay that contract out to when? 2035. So he's on for the next, like, 12 years. That's I'm assuming he's years, 15 years. Sorry, I'm bad at math. <laughs> He's going to get that contract paid out to him, so he's going to get that yep. that that coin every year for the next fifteen years. Yep, yep, one point two million dollars. Well, I that's think that amazing. is the best contract I've ever heard. Actually, that's probably it. Might be right there. It might be the best contract in the world. <laughs> well, probably, best for him. It's probably the worst deal the Mets have ever done. I guarantee you that. That's a fair point. I mean, if it was me getting paid one point two million dollars till twenty thirty five, I would be pretty stoked. Oh yeah. I, I would be sending a large bouquet of flowers to my agent every year, like just saying thank you so much. <laughs> well, the agent, he's getting 10% of that anyway, so he's laughing life. Fair point. That's 120k <laughs> a year, isn't it? <laughs> <Exactly. good> <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
right, did you guys have any any other horrendous contracts you wanted to talk about? No. Well, I, I didn't have a horrendous one, but I had one that was really noteworthy, I thought. And it, it's, it. it's, if you look at, so positional value in the NFL, the average NFL quarterback makes 19-odd to $20 million a year. That's where a contract is at now. Just as we're getting into their free agency and there's a lot of talk about Dak and how much he'll earn. So I think Russell Wilson oh, yeah. earns yeah. the most per year on average. It's something like $35 million. Um, you know, and Dak, who is in no way, shape or form, he's probably not even a top 15 quarterback if you look at it realistically. But anyway, he's going to be asking for that kind of money anyway. So I just he's thought... A brody, I brody brody quarterback. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you can say that. Looking forward, though, like, I, I just found this, this, as we're doing a bit of research looking for these really bad contracts, I found this one, which I thought was noteworthy. It's not, it's not the worst one by far, but it is if you're, not the worst because Miami made it work, but I was looking at, um, so Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. So he was right, a right, big right. prospect coming out of college. Um, Miami drafted him, uh, I think he went like eighth in the draft in like, uh, 2000. 12 or something, I can't quite remember, but was injured a lot, um, they had a lot of faith in him, they re-signed him, so I think on his, um, uh, I think he made something like $77 million over his career um, at Miami, and then Miami went through their big rebuild and they wanted to get rid of him, and what they did is, to make his contract more appealing to people, because um, obviously Miami were trying to sell him, trying to trade him, they re they rejigged his, so he was supposed to be guaranteed like $7 million a year, which isn't, again, that, all that much, but still. They rejigged his contract, basically, so Miami would basically take the brunt of that contract. And when they traded him to Tennessee Titans for a sixth-round pick, of <laughs> that $7 million, Tennessee only paid $1.75 guaranteed for that year. Wow. So why that's significant is because when Tannehill took took over as a starter in like week seven of the season, just gone, he took the um, Titans, who were there were two and four when he took over. He took them to seven and three. No, noting this isn't solely on his back. They had like a beast of a running back in um, oh, Derrick Henry. Henry yeah, yeah. He's a, um, a monster of a man, but still took them to seven and three. So they made nine and seven and went to the playoffs. And they then had road wins over the Patriots, the Red Hot Ravens, and he took them all the way to the AFC Championship game, which they lost to KC inevitably. But in that 10-game span, he went 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, and averaged about 230 yards a game. You take that from a dude that you just gave up nothing for and you're paying peanuts. It, it's, it's pretty crazy, mate. Like he, Tannehill was probably by far the, the best buy of the entire, the entire thing. Like that's, that, that's gotta be it. I mean, like the, the fact that Miami tried so hard to get rid of him and it turned out that it was Miami's fault the whole time. Um, like it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, he did, like he was pretty much the best quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes, um, for the, basically the rest of the, the back half of the season. Like he, he was just freakishly good. Um, with what he did and his accuracy and completion percentage was just phenomenal. I mean, he was great. But no, that, that's a really good point. I, I had actually forgotten all about that with Miami. They just did such a crap job of that. It was amazing. Well, it's quite funny because you give them a guy $77 million over a few years and then you give him away for nothing. 
And it's fair to say that he was probably the best quarterback on not only the Titans team, but probably the best thing Miami had until they got rid of him. Because, I mean, Rosen's obviously nothing. And I love Fitzmagic, but, you know, he's about 43 years old now too. But, yeah. Well, not only that, but Fitzmagic will throw you five touchdowns and then 17 interceptions. So, you know, he's he's a bit hot and cold. But, no, but Ty Tannehill was brilliant. No, that's that's fair, but that's a really good one. I, I'd actually forgotten all about that. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I guess the thing that is hard to forget, though, uh, see see what I did there? I'm, I'm getting better at these transitions, guys. Um, heading over, <laughs> but looking at uh, the coronavirus, mate, and uh, the sports that do get affected by it, uh, which has been an absolute truckload. I know the NRL was talking about um, locking people out of the stadiums, and um, obviously that didn't happen, but they're, they're looking at doing that for round two. Um there's been a heap of sports. So, I mean, the, the biggest ones that I, I noticed um, was I was very disappointed that we didn't get to beat the Kiwis in cricket. Um, our game got cancelled. Um, so I always don't like not beating the Kiwis. Um, <laughs> but probably the one that's with the most money involved, um, it's either the NBA season being canned uh, or suspended indefinitely, I guess, is the words that they use, um, or the Premier League soccer or the football um, over in, in Europe. Did you, what, what did you catch much of like the? Did, what, what, where did you see the damage coming from? Yeah, mate. I was. I saw headlines with all of these different sports being cancelled, uh, spectator free, or going ahead. Um, and I think, along with everything else, Australia's approach has been the poorest uh, internationally, uh, and the slowest. Like. Old mate CEO of the NRL, oh, we don't want to cancel our season because it could send us broke. Please, sir, can I have some money from the federal? Oh, mate, yeah, Tom, Tom Greenberg. Bloody hell, epidemic at the minute. And then focus on the luxury <laughs> items like football. Um, yeah, you know, old mate just went and bought a new Lamborghini and he can't afford the loan. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So I think... I think that's the poorest approach to the whole situation that I've seen. Um, but uh, rugby league like has, has been the perennial, uh, the perennial redheaded stepchild, as they say. Um, they they just uh, they they are terrible at managing these sorts of things, and they do a terrible job with PR. They are awful at it. Yeah, they they do it to themselves. Like they can't blame anyone else. Um, but the Grand Prix being cancelled, uh, I think, was a good move. Uh, a lot of the other sports being cancelled, either A, because they've had a player infected, uh, or B, precautionary. You know, they've got an obligation to the public uh, and to their viewers to keep them safe. So either, yep, cancel fan attendance um, and make that broadcast available, uh, whatever means necessary, or mm-hmm. cancel or suspend the season. Um, as a lot of clubs um, and sports internationally have been doing. Um, and it's the responsible thing to do. So, yeah, the, the NRL just stood out to me because I saw it today and I shook my head. And I'm like, no, you can't be that stupid. <laughs> no, no, they, they really are, mate. They, they let people go to Brookvale today and carry on and it was all over the place. But, uh, oh, look, it, it's, it's just crazy. Like, I... The XFL originally, um, like the, they were going to, um, 
to keep playing. Like they had Seattle playing um, to an empty stadium this week, but then uh, one of their players was was diagnosed with it, or you know he was he was he contracted it. So they decided, look, we're just going to suspend the season. Um, and that seems to be the trend that a lot of people, a lot of sports are following um, at the moment. But uh, I don't know, like it, some of them just. It, it does make you wonder sometimes because it, you know now when you've got a hundred and something odd thousand people and lots of travel bans and all these other crazy things going on in so many different countries because it is such a, I guess you call it a globalized world these days like everyone is everywhere um, it makes it very difficult I mean the NRL as an example they were they were saying well because of the travel bans fourteen day quarantine required for international travelers between New Zealand and anywhere else in Australia and anywhere else well how are the Warriors going to keep playing and um, you know it's just it's just nuts. But uh, what about you, Coots? Who did you find? Uh, yes, suffice it to say, it's been an interesting week in sport. Um, I think the commissioner of the NBA kind of set the precedence early um, when he put the ban saying that the NBA season would be suspended indefinitely. Um, which we had the we, and we had a joke about the the Rudy Gobert incident as well when oh. that surfaced because obviously Mate, they what had. A champion. <sighs> For those who haven't seen it, just Google it. It'll, it'll make you laugh at least when you look at the grand scheme of things. We know this, this is a pandemic and it's killed people and everything, but out of context, it's still funny. So he tested positive for coronavirus, and there was a, a video of him uh, a couple of days before that uh, jokingly touching all the microphones at a press conference from the reporters and, um, and then left everyone in the room, had a bit of a joke about it, and then... Got up and left. Two days later, it turns out that he tested positive for coronavirus. There's also a little bit of... Um, apparently, he was doing the joking thing with a few teammates and has possibly infected them. I know he for sure... Um, I think it was uh, Mitchell. I can't even discuss first name. Apologies. Uh, got infected as well. So it's the lighter side of something that's kind of just changed sport worldwide, as Bondi said, the Formula One, which is big on my calendar. I had the whole weekend set aside to watch the Grand Prix. Um, spoke about it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago about how awesome this season's going to be. The Australian Grand Prix cancelled. Um, Bahrain, uh, China was cancelled earlier in the year. Bahrain and Vietnam, who were, which were the next two rounds, I believe, they've been at the very least postponed. Um, there's word out of Formula One that they're not going to start racing till possibly May. Um, and that's because it, 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 again, if you look at most sports and most league, like you said with the NRL, yes, we've got a New Zealand team, AFL is all domestic, shouldn't be an issue there in theory. NBA technically has a Canadian team. But um, Formula One, they travel to 23, I think, different countries all over all over the world. All their teams come from different worlds, uh, different worlds, different countries. <laughs> there was there was um, speculation that Ferrari wouldn't be allowed to travel because obviously they're coming from Italy. Um, oh, and as it turns yeah. out, it was one of the guys from the McLaren racing team that, uh, sorry, not one of the racers, but one of the employees there that tested positive. And as it came out, um, there was only I think three teams that were actually ready to race because there was obviously so much concern within the other seven teams that you really couldn't have six cars starting up on the grid. And then, in fact, with the Grand Prix, you're putting a couple of hundred thousand people in a relatively confined area, so it's going to be the obvious area that this thing is going to go rampant as well. Um, but, yeah, so at this point, the AFL season is going ahead. 
uh, Thursday night as we record this uh, uh, behind closed doors. Um, so we're going to have closed, I think, for at least the first couple of rounds. It seems like we're going to have empty stadiums, which was unique watching the uh, Game 3 of the NBA this afternoon, which were, yeah. I think it had about 250 people in the crowd, which was just uh, obviously the players, team officials, and a couple of um, family friends that were allowed to go and watch uh, the Hawks, I think, won it in the end. But, yeah, it's just a really strange, strange time for sports now. It, it, it is. It's pretty strange. I mean, because it, it's, I guess it's something that um, it's highlighted for us, I guess, of how now, I guess, the world is and how we all live. It, it's like we see sport as something that's quite important to us. And we, when we love it, we immerse ourselves in it. We have a lot of fun with it. Um, but then when it's all taken away from you and you're more focused on, you know, geez, do I need to go out and, you know, look, look, make sure you can have enough stuff to provide for your family. Make sure you've got any, as many, you know, cases of beer and everything you've got locked up in your, in your fridge so you're good to go for, you know, if you've got to be quarantined for 14 days. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, you don't want to be left dry. But no, but it, it's just, but it, it's just, it affects everything. And, um, well, I was lucky, to, I was lucky that, um, like the NBL, they finished their season and the NFL is in their off season. Um, which is great. Which the Wildcats ended up winning, which is great. So I, my pick came through. I wish I had have actually taken a punt and put it put a bit on it. But anyway, um, but it's just it's just crazy. I mean, even things like like things that you wouldn't even think of, like triathlons, Six Nations in rugby union, the darts, the darts Premier League has actually been cancelled. Yeah. Um, the tennis, the ATP tour suspended. Um, it's just bananas. But uh, I think, um, but I mean, the good news is, of course, that. An event where people's sweat, blood, and tears don't go everywhere. Uh, like the UFC, that's still going ahead, so don't panic. It's all right. <laughs> and the Olympics but, uh, are still going ahead too, mate. <laughs> well, that's true. But that, that's I mean, the Olympics is how far away is that? That's like what a hundred and something odd days. So that's got to be probably a good like four months, I think, five months maybe. Something like uh, that. But mid year. Mid-year, right. So it's still like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's probably, probably call it four months, which isn't really that long in the grand scheme of things. So, uh, in, and it's going to be in Tokyo, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Oh, jeez. I guess. Well, that's going to be interesting, but we'll see how it goes. But hopefully, um, nothing too nuts happens. But look, I mean, the, the reason that, you know, that we all, that these places have such massive insurance contracts and, they have a truckload of lawyers on retainer is for these very reasons. So they can, whenever we get all these things get suspended, they go and work out, you know, timings with event, event locations and stadiums, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, yes, it's painful and people are going to be left out. They paid money and hopefully they get the tickets refunded and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it is, it is very annoying for a lot of people considering people spend a lot of money and save up to go to a lot of events and plan their year around some events, depending on where you're going. But, Hopefully, um, you know, all this stuff dies down and everything goes back to normal sooner rather than later, but we'll see how we go, eh? But uh, I guess from there, what should we have a look at? I don't know. It's, we've gone into some pretty deep ones, so why don't we have a look at some a bit a bit funnier? So why don't we jump into Bondi? What's your obscure sport this week, mate? Oh, mate, strap yourself in. Uh, this week I've gone to extreme ironing. Extreme iron, ironing, as in like clothes ironing. Correct. Yep. 
so the Extreme Ironing Bureau, uh, so the sports governing body, uh, <laughs> said that it's the latest danger sport that combines the thrills of an extreme outdoor activity with the satisfaction of a well-pressed shirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right, right. So, so, uh. <laughs> Indulgence. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even sure if I want to ask. I'm not even sure if I, I, should, I, I should ask. But anyway, but we'll see. So, how does one participate in extreme ironing? Well, the only rule is that you need to go somewhere ridiculous to iron a piece of clothing. So, you can do it, uh, mountain climbing, you can do it canoeing, you can do it skiing, snowboarding. Uh, parachuting, um, scuba diving. So extreme sport uh, spans all all aspects of sport. So anyone can do it, basically, as long as you take an ironing board, an iron, and a shirt with you. Um, I'm assuming that no PowerPoint required. Uh, well, that's what I was about to say, mate, because I've actually just found a, a picture, which is probably like there's quite a few of people doing it, but my favourite that I can see is someone that's underwater in a shark tank. Yeah. Yeah, straight from the shark tank to the business meeting, mate. you got to be prepared. Mate, well, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, you know, you go and jump in and feed your fish, mate, and then you got to, you know, jump into the boardroom. That's how it works. That's right. Um, so it might surprise you that this sport's been around since 1980. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <started> off. <laughs> was was someone just really high or bored or, or or what? Like what? How did did it say how it got started? Yeah. So Tony Heum, um in England was inspired by his eccentric brother-in-law John, uh, who ironed his clothes even when camping. So um, he thought it'd take a bit of the mickey out of his brother and, um, you know, try and get insta-famous back in the 1980s uh, and basically did it anywhere. So took an ironing board in the boot of his car looking for opportunities to uh, look like a right twat um, and pulled it out, ironed his clothes wherever he could. Uh, and the sport took off, um, I think it started properly as an extreme sport it, rock climbing, uh, and then just went international from there. So, yeah, if you ever feel like taking an extreme sport to the next level, uh, take an iron with you. Mate, that, that's unreal. I mean, like, yeah, because it's like, it's basically saying that, you know, free climbing up a mountain or skydiving is for cucks now, um, and if you don't have an ironing board with you, you're basically soft. <laughs> Yeah, mate, if you don't land looking like 007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That's fantastic. That, that's, I think this is, this is top cheese wheeling, mate. This is, uh, this is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, but mate. is it a sport? <laughs> well, mate, it, it says, it says it's a sport. And when you, when you Google it, it says extreme ironing underneath it. It says sport. That, that's good enough for me. But it's worth, it's worth a Google, man. It's worth a Google. So for sure. I mean, like, it's just one of those things where, 
uh, yeah, I mean, if people have a look at it, it's just outstanding some of the, the images you get. But these people definitely have to be <laughs> oh, like, a bit unhinged, eh? <laughs> but uh, speaking of unhinged, mate, Kuzi, who's our anchor of the week? Oh, Bondo, you never disappoint. That's amazing. Uh, uh, sorry, mate. Yeah, Wanker of the Week. I really wanted to go with Rudy Gobert, but I feel like we've talked a lot about coronavirus. Um, and I found that's something good, more good. that... Well, I found something that was um, a little bit on the cheekier side. Um, good. good. It, it was... Uh, so, this week's Wanker of the Week is English rugby player... Joel Joel Maller. So, all right. In England's uh, Six Nation rugby win over Wales oh, about a week ago now, uh, English English rugby player Joe Marler Marler or Marler Marler let's say Marler anyway reported to grab the testicle of the Welsh skipper. I saw this video, mate. Yes, I do remember that one. Yes. So. In rugby, this this was what I found even funnier than that is World Rugby Law 10 states anyone found guilty of testicle grabbing, twisting, or squeezing oh, no. faces a minimum 12 week suspension, while the extreme penalty is a four year ban. And on and then obviously that sorry that's the end of the quote there is a, is a minimum of three week um, with the potential of a four year ban. And yet some people on social media have even called for Marlers to be charged with sexual assault. Oh, Jesus. The, the best quote I heard from this was uh, um, a reporter from The Sun. This is one of the best lines. I wrote it down. I'll read it out for you. It says, some have called for prop Joe Marler to be charged with sexual assault for grabbing his opponent's testicles. But he says, that's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> But but it, it, it's a bit it's a bit funny, mate. I mean, like really, it's a sport where you're pretty much just grabbing a handful of someone's you know ass cheek and shoving your head right up something into, into someone else's face and just pushing it as hard as you can in a scrum. Like let's face it. I mean, yeah, on yeah. the sidelines, if you don't get a tap oh, on the butt, then what's the are you like, How many times did this have to happen? I I don't. Sorry, it how many seems times? to happen at least. What was your question, Bondo? How many times does this have to happen before they make a rule against it, specifically? Oh. <laughs> well, it, it's true, because it wouldn't happen. Had the, they called it a squirrel grip in, because uh, he grabs the nuts. So that was, that was in, in um, that was, I believe it was one of the Burgess boys did it in the rugby league. He's, I've yeah. written, so to go figure, he's an English guy. So that, that's <laughs> just But... Mate, it, it's but then I mean I actually the the, when, the reason I remembered what you were talking about with with Joe Mallet was because there was a guy who has since apologised um, because he he made uh, a, a joke about um, about the the whole thing and he was he was basically an openly gay player um, and he he basically just made a big joke about it how he'd still be playing if uh, if that was if that was happening on a regular basis. Um, and basically, like, he just, uh, and I just went, wow. But then the poor guy had to go and apologise for it. So, you know, it, it, it was it was all meant in good fun and he just did an off-the-cuff thing, but he had to still had to go out on, on TV and apologise. But anyway, what are you going to do? But that's why I remembered that one because I thought it was hilarious. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you, but it, apparently, if there is a rule against it, though, Coots, you're saying, like, there's, there's actually written in there, three-week ban. Oh, yeah, there's actually, I'm... Um... 
So it's a minimum. So if he's found guilty of it, it's a minimum 12 week ban as the law lays. Um, And that's for anyone found guilty of testicle grabbing, twisting or squeezing. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he did it. He was, it's a video of him reaching down and grabbing some other guy's balls. Like, yeah, there, yeah, there's, I mean, there's not much of an argument. For, you There's know, not a lot of grey in that one. <laughs> no, no, exactly right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, at least here. My argument would be was caressing. Sorry, mate. What was he? Was he what? My argument would be that I was caressing. I wasn't squeezing or grabbing. I was caressing. <laughs> no three month ban for me, thank guys. I'll cop the one week. Yeah, I don't know if a testicle <laughs> caress is, is, is really any better than a, a grab, twist, or squeeze, but, you know. <laughs> Well, it, it's true. It's hard to say. I'm yeah, not sure. Like, oh, yeah. it, it depends. Maybe, maybe it is better. You never know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe on the footy field, it's, you know, a bit of a break and play, you know. Well, there's, no, I, there's nothing wrong with the old bum slap after doing something good, but if, if I get a testicle caress from Bondi after I've snagged a sausage roll, I, I don't, I'm not going to look for that. I just take a slap now after you're done. That's fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> I'm, all for, get. A bit of a, I'm all for camaraderie, old, but this is just going a bit too far. Well, what's the old, what's the old twelfth uh, the old twelfth man? I don't know if you guys remember the old uh, Billy Birmingham, where he used to take the piss out of Richie Benno. He used to say that. Um, was it the, uh, the 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 high five in the in the video or in the, sorry in the recording? The guy just missed and hit another guy in the eye in, with a high five, like he missed the hand and hit him in the eye. And he's uh, saying, well, you know, the uh, the Australian way is the most masculine, manly way. Bit of a hug, bit of a kiss, bit of a lick, bit of a dry root. Certainly the most masculine, manly way to show your exuberance. Oh, it's high five. It's a bunch of step bullshit. You're scary good at that. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I work on it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, look, that, that's that's pretty good. That's a great wanker of the week in the obscure sports, mate. I love them. That's, that's amazing. That's going to be a great hashtag, extreme ironing and uh, hashtag squirrel grip. I'm a big fan. Um, That's a right. <laughs> so, well, look, let's jump in and have a look. Um, we'll go with the, the AFL storylines now. Cootie, I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm banking on you having a sermon here, but um, but let's see. So, Bondi, what's, uh, did you have a storyline for the AFL you wanted to have a look at? I do. So the only AFLW team... Not to score a goal in the game happened the week just gone. Uh, Richmond, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think they scored four points in the game. So, uh, yeah, went goalless in the game. It was the first time that's happened. Wow, geez, really? Yeah. And, uh, took a right thumping in the game too, just quietly. What was the yeah, score? Yeah, can you see what was the score? Uh, so they play St Kilda. St Kilda six six forty two to Richmond three behinds. Forty two to three. Yeah, yeah. Good lord, that's um, that's up there, man. That's up there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but that's all I got. That was a highlight for me. I'm like, wow. That's that's up there, mate. That's pretty fantastic. But uh, look, for, I, I do like that. I mean, the AFLW, it's actually kicking along pretty well. Um, but for me, like, it's actually the storyline I was going to talk about was just um, how useless the preseason is. 
Um, but uh, I was just going to have a look at. I've just had. I just saw one of the stories pop up um, with the the Tigers suspending their VFL program because of the coronavirus crisis, which is actually quite difficult to say. Um, but uh, they, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like Richmond at the best of times, but it's always sad when, they, when something like that's happening. They've just, but yeah, they've just suspended their VFL program. Now, for anyone who doesn't is an AFL plan, uh, AFL fan. VFL is like the state league, so that's where that's sort of like the the, the next one down. That's like semi-professional, I guess you call it. Um, but look, I think for me the storylines, um, like the AFLW is quite a good one. Um, but uh, where it's just actually it's just booming, it's doing so well. Um, but for me, I think uh, I can't help myself. I've got to look at Collingwood um, and just talk about how we're set up to go for the rest of the year. Um, basically, I think we've actually done all right with our with our season. But the storyline for me is um, is going to be Nathan Buckley. Um, now he is coaching AFL very well at the moment. He's coaching for the Pies, but at the same time, like last year, I thought he got the most out of the the talent that he had, and we made it through to the finals, and and we did like an incredible job based on what we had. But I just think that. Uh, I just have this this weird feeling that we're just going to crash and burn this year, and it's going to be horrendous. I don't know why, but I just have this terrible feeling that Buckley's going to do something, and he hasn't really done enough in terms of recruitment um, to get the team to a good standard. And as Cootsie pointed out, that was actually one of the things I was going to talk about in my storylines was trying to lock up players um, for a very very long time and build a nucleus. Um, but I just think that this year it's going to sh- like it's going to either be spectacular or horrendous. I just that's where I, that's what I think is going to happen because a lot of players when they get a long term contract they end up sort of taking the foot off the gas um, and just they end up crashing and burning. So for me the storyline to watch this year is going to be whether the pies crash and burn or they actually soar up and, and they do they actually lift their effort and do all right this year. So. That's what's going to be one for me to watch, um, and whether Bucks is actually going to keep his job. So <laughs> that's that's what I think. But uh, all right, Coots, what do you? What, let, let's have a look. What what's, uh, what storylines have you got for us? Uh, so the big one, just as we spoke about earlier, seems to be around the AFL season. Does seem to be going ahead next Thursday night. Obviously, this is going to play behind closed doors, which would be interesting because, <clears throat> I mean, as a Carlton fan, I. I, I I love the start of this footy season, but also as a Carlton fan, I hate it because we always seem to play Richmond and of late they're going pretty good. So we're going to play the reigning premiers again on Thursday night. Um, well, uh, and well, yeah, uh, there's always such optimism as a Carlton supporter with the new year that yeah, we've got these kids coming through, and then we get a couple of good signings. Yeah, Eddie Betts has come back to the club. He's also unavailable for round one now. I've just realised he's done a calf, uh, hurt, a, hurt his calf at footy training. So. This where this kind of all falls in is is Carlton Richmond. It's an eighty thousand plus game, even though regardless of when these, these is one of the big fours. So when they play each other, you're going to get eighty thousand people there, and it it, it is stupidly atmospheric at these games. So it's going to be interesting watching this game with really no atmosphere at all inside the you know the MCG, which holds a hundred thousand people, and there's going to be no one there really to watch it. Um. But look, having a look at round one, um, it seems to already be peppered with games. Like I don't, I don't know who's who's actually responsible for doing this fixture. But apart from the Carlton Collingwood game, uh, Carlton Collingwood, Carlton Richmond game, which is going to be fairly one-sided. It's fair to say that Richmond, are, although they've lost a couple from 
their grand final win last year. That I mean, short price to say they'd probably go. They're up there as a contender again this year. Um, your mob against the Western Bulldogs, I reckon, will be an absolute cracker of a game cracker. because the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's going to be very good. They were they were on a tear the second half of last year. I think after the bye, they only dropped one game, and they were absolutely belting people, and then just laid a massive eggs against the Giants in the finals. Oh, mate, they pooed the bed on that one. Absolutely. Um, Essendon and the Dockers, I think it, it's um, in Melbourne again. It's going to be interesting because the Dockers seem to be a new, brand new regime from what you took away from the preseason cup, even though it's. You know, you can't read too much into it. Um, with a new head coach there, the style of game has dramatically changed from what Russ Lyon had there. So the Bombers kind of need to be on the up and up. They've missed finals the last couple of years, I think. They had all the big recruits come in that just haven't really lived up to the big dollars that they were getting. You know, they, they had Jake Stringer come from the Bulldogs. They had Dylan Shield come in. They had... Um, uh, Devon Smith come in, all these, you know, that's a pretty decent midfield nucleus right there. You're not wrong, you're not wrong. That team to be playing finals and they're not. Um, the other one I was looking at is Hawks and Lions, I think will be an awesome game again. It's in Melbourne, it's on the Sunday. Um, the uh, Lions, who I think they finished third last year and then bowed out in the finals, um, I think they're a team that, I think we'll only get better from what they showed last year as well. I mean, round one. I mean, we're talking round one. It's very hard to to know who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. But you think Richmond's going to be up there again? Um, you assume the Giants would be up there again. They haven't really lost anyone last year, and I imagine West Coast as well. They're going to get Nat Nui back after pretty much missing the last better half of two years. And then mm, in yeah. the off season, they just go and add one of the best midfielders out of Geelong in the game up there for the Brownlow medalist in um, Kelly. So I think that, I mean, they're going to be hard to stop next year as well. And I haven't really lost anyone either. If you look at teams who have gained versus teams who have lost, um, I think the Eagles are going to be right up there again. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think um, it'll be West Coast and Richmond will be the teams to beat this year. Um, with GWS, Geelong, and Collingwood should be, you know, getting up there. I think the one you mentioned. The interesting one is Frio. I think Fremantle Dockers are, um, they'll be, they've been the team that I have seen for years and years. They're kind of like the Chargers, actually. They're kind of like this team that you see has all this talent and all this insane amount of stuff, but they just seem every year some way to steer themselves into a skid and just plow into the side of the wall. Like, I don't know. There's every year they do the same thing, and I don't know, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel for that being a Chargers fan as well. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you bang on. Like, it, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of stories in there that we just hope that the AFL season does kick on. Obviously, you have to understand that um, there are obviously certain things that have to happen for a game to take place. And it's kind of out of the control now of, you know, the people put in charge. So Gil will, just has to do the right thing by you know, the, the players and their families and health and everything in general, that we just hope that these games still do go ahead and it's not going to impact on the season too much. Agree. No, that, that's fair. That's a good point too, mate. So I mean, it, it will be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the season starts in, what, like four days or supposed to anyway. Um, even if it is played without the atmosphere, I think it'll still be great to watch. Um, it'll just be like watching park footy, basically, which is fine by me. Um <laughs> 
I'll be, I'll be quite happy to, do, to sit there on my couch, drink beer and watch. Um, but look, I, I think that's true. But look, um, did you have any other storylines with the AFL you wanted to, to chat about, mate? Or? Are we going to go through, uh, are you going to pick your flag and your Brownlow and your wooden spooner? Did yeah, it's sure. Early to it. predict? No, not at all. Not at all. All right, so <laughs> go for it. Oh, you, you, did, who, do you, who do you think for, for the flag? Uh, so I think it'll be West Coast for the flag because I think that midfield, which was already dominant, is even better. They haven't lost anything. They're going to get their home game wins anyway. They're going to still roll Frio comfortably. I say that because I don't want Richmond to win again. Um, so I think it'll be no one does, I think no it'll one be does. West Coast. Yeah, I have a roughy for the flag. I really that's probably because I have a soft spot for the Bulldogs as well. But I think they've only gotten better in the off season as well. So I think they'll be kind of my roughy for the flag, if you like. That's fair. Look, I think that's that's fair. And look for me, I think I actually believe it or not, follow suit. I think I think the West Coast is going to be. Very, very hard to beat this year. Um, they, at least I think so. And my roughie for the flag, as always, is the pies. I can't help myself. Um, and Bondi, who do you reckon for the flag? Mate, I reckon Adelaide Crows for the flag, and my roughie is the Gold Coast Suns. Ooh. And fun. I've got absolutely nothing to back either of those up. <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. Well, in that case, wh- wh- why don't we pick the spoon then? Bondo, who do you reckon is going to get the spoon? Who do I think is going to get the spoon is the Suns, although they're my right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they're going to either win or they're going to come dead last. One of the options. <laughs> that, hey, look, that, that's, that's actually... Mate, what was it last season? They were in the eight, and then they just completely... Flat spun, and I, I think they just got pretty close to the spoon. Yeah, who's that? So, um, my the, the sun. No, the they they won three games the whole year. I think they lost yeah, like, the last. Yeah, probably games. the first three. It was. They lost the last like seventeen, <laughs> yeah. eighteen games of the season. <laughs> Oh jeez, yeah, no, that, that's true. No, I think the, the Suns are a fair pick um, for the spoon this year. Um, if not, I think I think St Kilda's a fair a fair punt too. I think they're they're not. Um, they probably St Kilda's probably my pick for the spoon. I don't think they're going to be very competitive this year. What about you, Coots? I think Adelaide. There's nothing about Adelaide that is exciting or you know, to really look forward to. I think they're in a complete football. What two three years ago they were in a grand final? Yeah, you mean the Crows, right? Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, the Crow, yeah, Adelaide Crows, yeah, yeah. So the talk about a fall from grace. They they've lost heaps of players. Um, there's just there's nothing about that team that you know really has me thinking they're going to do anything better than you know bottom three or four. So I might as well throw them in the wooden spoon. That's just fair. just That's just not point. just not Carlton again. I can't take it on. <laughs> Can't take another. Hey, mate, look, that's fair. That's fair. Well, look, uh, let, let's have a look at Brownlow. Then look for me. Uh, oh, it, it's. I was. I think. Look, I think Nat Fife's going to be too good if he if he doesn't get injured this year. I think he's going to take the Brownlow. Um, if it's not him, probably my Ruffy would probably be. Jeez, I don't know. Maybe Tom Mitchell or Dustin Martin, something like that. One of those guys. Um, but Nat Fife would probably my pick for the Brownlow. Cootsie. Yeah, he's kind of, him and Cripper are kind of equal for me. Um, 
it's kind of a weird one with the brand low. It usually doesn't go to the best player on the best team. There's a few factors going into it. So Kelly going to West Coast to, I think, a better midfield to what Geelong had. He's going to lose votes to the rest of that midfield. So you need a sing- yeah. well, an individual in a, in a developing midfield, which Fife for Frio and Cripper do for Carlton because for Carlton just have a lot of kids still coming through. Frio, obviously, in their rebuilding as well. Um, they're going to dominate. They're going to get probably 30 touches plus a game. It just it all depends on if they win enough games. Um, I know Cripper polled really well last year, but we're currently winning seven games. Um, if they win a few more, I reckon he'll definitely be up there, but I reckon it's, it's between the two of them right now. That's fair. That's fair. Now, Bondi, do you have a, uh, do you have a Brownlow pick or yeah? Uh, after my dissing of the betting on sports, I've gone to the TAB website. Um, <laughs> and so Coots is pretty much on point. <laughs> Cripps is paying $6, Fife is paying 7 uh, and Dangerfield's paying 8 So that's why one, two, three. Um, can I go down to number 10? <laughs> uh, my my roughy, uh Brody Grundy. Uh, he's sitting at about number 10 at the minute, so thanks thanks to the TAB for that one. <laughs> Mate, the shout-out to the TAB. Hopefully we'll get a sponsorship out of it. We'll see where we go. <laughs> oh, mate. That's fantastic. All right, well, look, i tell you what, look, let's let's have a look then. Um, Bondi at... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from, from the AFL and have a look at how we would fix our favourite sport. Like, what, one thing we would do to improve our favourite sport. Now, obviously... Um, a lot of the time you can have a love-hate relationship with the sport, um, where you, you just, there's just some aspect of it that you just, you just beat your head against a brick wall with it. So Bondi, what, what would you, what would you change about yours? Mate, I, I love the NRL and coming into NRL season, uh, the one thing that irks me the most, uh, after getting on the NFL bandwagon for the last few years is, uh, hot mic and the refs. Um, I'd love to hear the chatter and perspective. I don't think um, there's too many rule changes that I'd make necessarily. I think the cricket has gone in the right direction, uh, bringing out 2020. So uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, my summer and winter sports at the minute. Um, I'd just like to know a little bit more about what goes on on the ground uh, in the NRL. Right, right. So you want to hear a bit more from like how what the NFL does, where you get um, like a quarterback mic'd up or the refs mic'd up, so you can hear like the thought processes and what's actually being said down there. Yeah, particularly during penalties and stuff like that. So you know you've got both captains in there yelling abuse at um, the referee, asking kindly, "Sir, can you please reconsider?" Well, mate, that's probably that's probably got a lot to do with why they don't mic them up because of what actually does get said. <laughs> fair point. Uh, but you never know. But I mean, the NFL, to be fair, like I mean, there's a few few snafus that happen where people sort of say the inappropriate stuff. But for the most part, it's actually pretty fun to listen to. Like when they have like everything mic'd up, it's pretty good. But that's 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 true though. I mean, we'll give you a lot more insight into what's going on, and, and you can sort of understand the game and uh, a lot more than than what you would. Um, I mean, you play a bit of park footy, or you have a, a decent idea from like what the commentators are saying, or whatever it might be. But you truly never know until you actually hear what they're saying. So that's a good point. That's that's a fair one. But um, what about you, Kuti? What do you reckon? 
so I've got a couple for AFL. So I think uh, I think we need to respect that Tasmania has a massive following of football, and I think one of these Ooh, good point. lesser Victorian clubs, say North Melbourne, St Kilda, I think one of them you need to pull the pin or Gold Coast if that actually goes belly up. I don't think there's room in the sport for more teams. I think one of these guys, they need to do a deal with the AFL and just and have a Taswegian team. I think it's been hanging out for you know, it's well and truly overdue. I thought Tassie would have got a club before the mm. Gold Coast did. Mate, I, I actually, I actually am in agreement with you because I thought that um, I, I did think North North Queensland like head up towards Cairns or Townsville for an AFL team, but I don't think there's enough up there, and Darwin's not big no. enough. So I think Tassie is a perfect opportunity because the Hawthorns kind of been their surrogate team, um, but I don't think they're. I mean, I wouldn't move Hawthorn down there. The Poos and Wees wouldn't live down there. Um, but if you if you definitely pop down like St Kilda or or move the Gold Coast away or whatever it is because Gold Coast doesn't have a huge following up here anyway. So yeah, well, it would be interesting. North Melbourne, North Melbourne have an affiliate down there, so they play at a Hobart a couple of day, a couple of games a year. Um, even them, like we're not. It, it sounds harsh to say, especially after watching a doco between Brisbane and um, Fitzroy when they did the merger. Which is actually a really good docker to see if you see that one on on uh, KO, give it a whirl. But I think um, I think it's just long overdue. And I mean, we're getting if you get a Melbourne St Kilda or a you know North Melbourne St Kilda, you're getting maybe thirty thousand to that game. Well, to, assuming it happens and coronavirus doesn't make us watch from our living rooms. Um, <laughs> True. You know, so I think you get that in a decent stadium in Tassie and in in Hobart. I reckon that'd be I reckon that'd be gold. And that's the first point of my three point to to fix the next one I think they need to do is I think they need more players on the bench so I hate this cap rule uh, interchange rule stuff that they have where you can only have I think it's 100 or 120 in a game Mm. Um, and they had that stupid rule a few years ago where we had three on the bench and then a substitute yeah, the emergency um, or whatever it was. Oh, which was just ridiculous that that lasted as long as it did. Like, I understand mm. the reason behind it is if you lose a player to injury, you're then not disadvantaged. If you want to minimalise the percentages of that, then just put more on the bench. I think there's easily room for six on the bench um, and yeah. don't cap the rotations. And if, I know we want to keep AFL unique, and it is very unique in the way you watch it in, in the way the game is played, it's not really going to follow suit to any other sport in the world. It's completely unique. But you look at ice hockey, they have like five, I think, on the ice, and then they have about 20 on the bench, and they change lines constantly. You look at yep. the NBA, you have five on the floor, and you have, what, 13, uh, another, what, seven or eight on the bench? You have seven 13 total? Eight, seven. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and they change freely at every stoppage in the game anyway. Granted, it the players have to run on and off more, but it, it's one that I never understood that if you, you're worried about injuries or a disadvantage to a player going down early, then if you have more on the bench, it minimalises that, if anything. Um, and why there needs to be a cap on the rotation doesn't really matter. If it's if it's part of the, the strategy of the game and giving your players a chance to rest more, because AFL has played at a faster pace now than it's ever been in its entire existence where players are just supreme distance runners and you need to be, even as a kid going through the ranks, it seems to be less about the skills and the loads. You just have to be that running machine, especially in a midfield. And then the last one, and I think the most important one, 
is the AFL have to fix their video review system? <laughs> like, I, 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 no, no issue with it. And the XFL do it really well, where, especially if you're at the game, they mic up the umpire so you can hear the conversation. So watching at home, you're happy to accept that half a minute, minute delay if you know exactly what's going on at the time. You just don't want dead silence. So if you hear the umpire asking for this view or that angle or whatnot, um, I'm completely happy to accept that. But how can we watch cricket and it have a hot spot and a snicko or the zinger bales light up? Why can't the goalpost light up when the ball hits it? Surely we're advanced <laughs> technology enough that something will light up on the post when it when the ball and not you know like I understand that there needs to be a bit of science put into that. But how can we be this far in existence and have just such crap? video review and you listen to the umpire uh, sorry you listen to the commentator go oh this one's clearly a point and they give it a goal and then you the poor commentator's got to you know somehow come back from that abomination no mate you, you, you're exactly right you're exactly right and look that's it, it is uh, that's actually my point that i was going to make as well with uh, with the video review system but my my it, it, you're absolutely right the afl is probably up there with the worst um in terms of goal reviews it, it is horrendous um, where they position the the cameras, if the po- if the post gets bumped, it wobbles around like it's just terrible. Um, and it, it's just no good. So, I mean, for me, like my, I, I completely agree with all those points, particularly the cap on the interchange. I thought that was a dumb rule. I never understood it. I never have understood it because um, I think that you're right. Players need to rest, um, and I mean their bodies just get punished. The amount of hamstrings, cramps, like just insane snappages of everything, it's just ridiculous. So. Yeah, I agree with all of those, mate. They're they're really good. But for me, um, when I had a look at at the sports, um, I, I tried to pick a favourite one, but I love all sports. I'm just a huge sports fan. I love NRL, I love AFL, NFL, NBA, everything. But the big one for me that that is pretty much horrendous across the board is the is the challenge and review system with the, with the referees and the rulings. Now. If anyone has actually watched a game of NFL in Australia, you know you, you, you have to be up at three in the morning for starters. You get up at three to watch a game, and I have to, if you have to go to work at seven, you're only halfway through. And it's purely because the, the amount of stoppages that, that have to happen, and it's because there's so many reviews and so many things they got to stop for. It's just ridiculous. And I mean, in the NRL, there was a guy who got past the ball. No one challenged him. He put the ball down. And they had to review it. Like it, it's just it, it's just out of hand. Like they just really every play just gets reviewed to the point where it just, just it just ruins the game for the spectators. And it's just, and a lot of the time they still get it wrong anyway. So and it's not like you know it's not just me saying that. It's the referees coming back and admitting that they got it wrong later. Like it happens so often. And I mean in professional sport these guys make live and die by it. They they get paid more money if they make it into finals and all these other things, like it's just nuts. So for me the video review system across the board of whatever sport, apart from maybe cricket, um you're probably right with cricket, it's pretty good. But outside of cricket, um it, it's all gotta be just it's gotta be changed. It just needs a big overhaul. We have the technology, we can rebuild it. That yeah, it's the goal point with the NFL. I mean there's enough stoppages in that game as it is without the referees then and they review everything so every score is reviewed every turnover is reviewed i think every play 
I think like every catch or, or call that's within the last two minutes of the second and fourth quarter is reviewed by some dude in like their bunker equivalent in New York or something. So in New York, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So so the game that is already slow because the clock and the play stops, but every time the ball hits the ground or there's not a fumble or something, the game and the clock stops, and then you have 40 seconds to reset. So as as a, you know, you look at, and I'm right there with you, with sports like AFL and NFL and IC where there's a flow to the play and it's very constant. Um, it is one thing that I do love with the XFL is let's, is, um, let's shorten the play clock, give them 25 or 20 seconds or whatever it is to get the playoff again. Like, like NBA as well, you've got a 24-second shot clock, so the game's never really that slow. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Yeah, because um, the, the XFL is probably, they're probably a bit better, and, and NBA is not too bad because they have a short play clock as well, so it's not too bad. But yeah, but you're right. But I think that we all we all kind of agree with that one. That's uh, <laughs> all right, lads. But look, that's pretty much um, that's pretty much got us there. We've uh, we've cracked well over the hour mark uh, for today, so we've definitely crushed this one. Um, but did you guys have any final thoughts? No. See, so easy. All right then, lads. We'll look. We'll leave it there. Uh, make sure if you're listening, you jump in, review, subscribe, all that kind of good jazz. But uh, thanks very much for listening. Cheers, Mark. Burmo's left already. Bloody hell. Is it still... It says... My, you're frozen on my screen.